My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This episode is brought to you by Bias Agency Australia. And so we're now paying a high rate. Um, you could argue we were kind of paying top dollar um, for that property. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's... I saw potential in it because I I saw that it could the shop if it was successful if the person that was running the shop was successful then I, I believe the, the the amount of returns we could get from the property would be high. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sharm, and in this episode, we're back with Chi Lam passionate property investor, director and founder of his own company. He picks up where we left off in the late 2010s where his journey became a little topsy-turvy while the road ahead had its bumps in forms of authorities and an unusual bidding war, he always returns to his why to guide him home. Liam was on a roll in 2017. In the five years before that, he'd purchased four investment properties and had found that getting finance for his property dreams was an easy and straightforward process. However, something rolled along and put a stone in his spokes. APRA um, stepped in and, and just made it a lot harder. Um, we were kind of, yeah, I guess we, you know, we, we got to a point where we kind of had to stop in 2017 because we, we couldn't get any more financing um, partially due to APRA partially probably you know due to the fact that we had that many loans <laughs> um, and yeah I mean it's it, it's a case of if if we had been if I'd been more picky um, in some of the properties uh, it would have taken longer first of all um, it would have taken more time um, to, to find these properties I would have maybe gone further you know what I mean um, but I wasn't super picky in that as soon as as soon as we had the funds and as soon as we uh, found a property and I had a spreadsheet to calculate whether or not it was worth buying and, and at what price, that was the important thing. I had to calculate at what price it was going to be um, neutrally geared or slightly positively geared after the granny flat was built and after the renos. And, and you know, there, there's, there's a lot of error in, involved because I'm, I'm, I'm predicting how much rent I'll be getting and everything. And But it's all it, it was all in, in that spreadsheet kind of. Then, and, and then allowed me to kind of go to the auctions um, with a level of confidence as to how much I wanted to um, bid. Um, so that helped. The strategy he implemented was relatively simple, making an easy process for him. When the tides began to turn in 2017, suddenly APRA wasn't the only thing rocking the boat. 
I was fairly well prepared um, in, in in terms of you know I, I, like like I said I had kind of the the, the set prices so I, I was never going to overpay. Although that that last property, <laughs> I was very very doubtful. Um, the last one that we bought, we bought at the peak. We bought in two thousand and seventeen, uh, and that was probably past the peak, I'd say, and that was on its way down even. Um, but we were, I'm in an ring about whether to buy it. But I, I figured, look, we were at the end of our accumulation of because uh, I knew by that stage that this would probably be the last. Um, I don't think we'd be able to get more finance. Um, the auction was a very strange one, um, in that it we it was only me and this other uh, person that was bidding, and we I. I, I used a very kind of aggressive bidding strategy, whereas I would just bid, quick, bid quickly and, and try not to give the other party much time to think about their next bid type thing or, or put pressure on them in a way. Um, so we got up to a point, it, it had stopped, and and I'd reached my limit. And I'd said, okay, well, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I told the agent I was done. Um, but the agent managed to, to kind of convince me to go an extra 1,000, right? So I was like, all right, I'll put an extra 1,000 in. And then the other party got super angry. They 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 got really upset. They were like, "What is this? Like, I you know, it's, uh, I had it, and now you anyway." He stormed off, and then that kind of got me suspicious. I'm thinking, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, is this is this guy being paid by the agent? You know, like, it, 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 am I being stitched up here? Like, to, to push this price to a point where, um, the the, the other party just stormed off. So. Somewhat stunned, Lamb ended up taking the deal, but the drama was far from over. And then after that, there was even further um, uh, issues we had with the financing because the property that I bought had a corner uh, a corner shop attached to it, right? And so the the loan that we ended up getting could not be a, a simple residential loan. It had to be um, had to be commercial, but commercial um, wasn't gonna wasn't going to work either for some reason. I can't remember now. The broker had issues with it. So I ended up having to go with a, like a, not a top tier lender, but I, um, you know, lib- had to go with Liberty. Yeah. Second tier lender who was able to do these sort of riskier loans, I suppose, but the, the rates were higher. So I guess, you know, a lesson learned there would be maybe <laughs> a bit more research. <laughs> I, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I, I kind of went into that, not really. And so we ended up paying a high rate. Um, you could argue we were kind of paying top dollar um, for that property. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I saw potential in it because I, I, I saw that it could, the shop, if it was successful, if the person that was running the shop was successful, then I, I believe the, the, the amount of returns we could get from the property would be high. So that, that was pretty much the only saving grace. Like I, I wouldn't even pay anywhere near that sort of figure if, if, if it didn't have a shop attached to it. So, but yeah, and it, it came with its issues. And yeah, that's probably a, a learning experience is to kind of, yeah, is to know about those things in advance. As the property was on a corner block, it fitted his template of being able to accommodate a granny flat. Last, but certainly not least, the shop was the icing on the cake. So what's happened with that property ever since is um, now we've got a good tenant in there and, and they are running a business out of that. Um, the lease we have in, the, in it is an all-in-one lease, meaning it's – it's so the people that are living in the house is also running the business. So we just have a residential lease. So we don't have three incomes, so to speak. The, the rent is higher, is, is a little bit higher. Um but it's not uh, it's not it's not anywhere near like if you had you know a commercial lease and then yeah it's but look we don't know what the future would hold with it but I, I'm, I'm hoping the business their business is successful and you know and, and and we can share in that success I suppose because that interest rate was so high um, 
that property has always kind of always been teetering on neutrally geared to negatively negatively geared. Um, whereas the other ones, I've you know, were were a bit easier to become positive. Um, I think it's yeah, it just makes it easier to hold, right? He's since gone back to refinance the most recent purchase, and while today the interest rate remains high, it hasn't deterred him from his dream one bit. I guess it goes back quite a way to, to kind of when I started like pro- property investing. It was really uh, at goal to to um, to not be working in a full time job for the you know, rest of my career. Um, or, um, so so you know the the initial plan was um, to use property as a way to to generate wealth. Um, and over time, um, w- with the capital uh, growth, I'll, I'd then be able to step back from my work. So I, I, over the course of like from two thousand and I think I, yeah, I started investing in 2012, but I, I kind of went part time in about 2017 or so. Um, I, I quit my job at um, ResMed because I, I joined them again in a second stint after coming back from London. I I, I quit my job uh, there because they weren't able to offer a part time role, um, and I joined up with Cochlear, and I, and they did were able to give me a part time role there. So yeah, that that was great. So then I was able to continue kind of doing this and and just at that time i also started the 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 side hustle um so i've I've always been kind of thinking you know like i just wanted to do this more than i wanted to um work uh the previous role so um and i guess over time with with the capital growth definitely um that's that's helped um although you know it's it's capital growth that we haven't really kind of taken any sort of, uh, you know, we haven't refinanced after the original refinance. So it, we're just letting the um, the loan to value ratio drop um, and and it becoming, yeah, as the rent slowly rose over time, becoming a slightly more positively geared. Um, so that's, the properties provide a little bit of extra um, income a year, not, not a huge amount, I think. And most of its value is in the um, locked in equity. Um, but yeah, just just then switching over to like um, concentrating more on on the side hustle, which eventually turned into a, a side business, um, or eventually turning into a, a, a full time business. There, that kind of gave me the um, the opportunity to completely quit. It got to a stage where he was happy with the income from it. That, along with his wife's full time job, gave him the resolve to step away. That is an awesome security blanket. Um, yeah, so ha- having at least one partner kind of making that full-time uh, wage and then, yeah, and so I was able to do that, I suppose, able to quit um, completely. I think it was 2019. Um, so a couple of years after the last property um, that we just... Um, and also around 2017, we also invested in, 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 a, in a company... Um, Tesla, <laughs> um, <laughs> you might have heard of, um, and they, uh, yeah, they. It was it was all after reading a book um, on Elon Musk. Actually, I, I read the biography by Ashley Vance because um, I'd seen some articles online about you know this because I had heard about this guy probably even back in London days about this guy doing an electric vehicle. Look, my, my mind wasn't really much in the share market at the time or anything in investing anything at the time, so I didn't pursue it, but. But by that, by 2017, I was, you know, obviously on the lookout for. Um, I had more time as well. That, that that that's that's the other thing. Like not not working that extra day gives you so much time to explore opportunities that you uh, that I'd missed 
you know, because I previously I was just too busy working five days a week and I was knackered by the weekend and I just wanted to enjoy my weekend. Um, so just it's the opportunity cost I think is very important here. Um, that's, yeah, it's uh, working part-time is just, yeah, the best. <laughs> um, it, it, um, <laughs> so so I was able to kind of explore that opportunity after reading the book and just kind of being, oh, it's really interesting, um, you know, what he's achieved at that time, by that time, um, 2017. I was comfortable enough to throw, to put a decent chunk of money in, in the company, um, in the stock market. And that's kind of like the, yeah, our, our biggest investment at that point in terms of the stock market. We never really were too big into the stock market. Um, and so, yeah, and, and that's done quite well. Um Obviously, over the years, as the company's grown, we've we've added to it. We've added to added to our position in that. So I think that's also contributed to being able to have the freedom of time now. Um, yeah, um, it's it's not like we we can just drop everything now. We're not in a position where we can just drop everything and say we're retired and not have to work at all. Um, we, we still have you know living expenses to pay for and we you know, mortgages to pay. So um, I don't think we've hit fire yet. <laughs> FIRE is an acronym for Financial Independence Retire Early. Lamb was new to it himself and it stumbled across him more so than the other way around. The host of the Aussie Firebug, um, Matt, I think his name, I can't remember. He, he, yeah, he, um, he must have seen the article that, um, it all goes back to the article that my friend wrote. <laughs> he was... So, so I, I had a friend who was the um, who's the editor of uh, at the ABC for a, a column on I think it was uh, parenting and you know work life balance and that sort of stuff. And so he wanted to to, to share my story about how I went from um, a full time job to being kind of uh, you know like a almost like a stay at home dad in a way, but you know um, but part time being being the primary carer is probably more accurate. Being a primary carer of my kids, which was. Uh, fairly uncommon. Mostly, you see women kind of doing that role. Um, so he wanted to share that story uh, in, in on the ABC. Uh, so, so, the, so he wrote an article about that. And, and Matt, um, I think on his forums, so some of his members um, would have seen that article and and posted it up and had some comments. And Matt Matt invited me onto that podcast. So I did a podcast with them, and and I believe that's that's how you you found me. He's well on his way to his goal of having enough cash flow to cover everything life throws his way. Something he admires Aussie Firebug Matt for. He posts um, on his blog kind of, kind of his net worth and, and how his investments have been going since like well, forever, and how he you don't actually need that much money to um, to hit fire as long as your expenses are not extravagant. Um, so that that that's quite an interesting concept, eh? and and I, I wasn't really aware of that. Um, yeah, younger. Uh, so I kind of went about my way of doing it, um, you know. It's but it, it's a similar concept of about freeing up your time to 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 use your time in in ways that is more valuable to you, I guess. Because um, look, working a full time job is great for for some people. I think they 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 love it, and then that's absolutely that's you know it's great for them. But for, I think for a lot of other people as well, it's it's not what they want to do uh, either. Um, and it's and trying to trying to reach financial independence is 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 a, is a good goal to have, I guess. Coming up after the break, he explains what or who he's doing it all for. You got to really step back and and kind of look at what 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 are you doing all this for, you know? How certain things have opened his eyes, yet he chose to walk the other way. 
but but I think over the years I've learned it's 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 a case of usually those properties um, the potential for capital growth isn't as high. He reveals the investment that made him do 180 on his approach. That's been um, a bit of a learning experience for me. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyer's agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. Recognizing and reaching for your goal is one of Lamb's top pieces of advice. Knowing why that's your goal is just as important, if not more so. You, you got to really step back and and kind of look at what 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 are you doing all this for, you know? And and I think as you get older, that it, the question becomes louder and louder in your mind as to well, why why am I doing all this? Uh, it's got to be for a reason. And and then you kind of assess what's important to you in life, and you got to prioritize those things and trying to yeah try trying to do more of the important stuff, I guess. Lamb considers his granny flat revelation to be his biggest aha moment as he helped to pave the path that many others walk on today. Back then when I was doing it, I don't think it was as prominent. I don't think as many people, there were people doing it, okay? There were people building granny flats, but I was aiming specifically for corner blocks where I would do it up so that it's like a little house. I think that makes it very, um, that's a big advantage in terms of getting it rented out. Um, I know I know you can have like private access in, on a normal block and, and that's better than nothing um, but I think a corner block um, just makes it so much nicer um, um, so the aha moment was you know like wow like putting in 150k uh, 100 to 150k and getting back an extra 400 500 dollars in rent wow and that allows me then to to just keep going like I can just refinance that and just move on to the next one <laughs> that was all until APRA shut it down. <laughs> even with the 100, 150K, you can even borrow that, couldn't you? You know, through through the equity that you, you built up. That probably would have been the smart way to do it. Um, I I didn't do it that way. I, I, I kind of used personal funds, um, personal savings to do uh, to do the build and then kind of refinanced. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there were obviously, yeah, there, there would have been things that I probably would have done again. Uh, if, I, if I did it again, I would probably change. I'll probably try and borrow the funds instead of, um, yeah, using personal equity. Turning back to recognizing your why, Land reveals his own. Well, I think uh, it's it's pretty much um, doing it so that we can spend more time with our kids. Um, so, uh, you know, I've got a, a seven-year-old and a ten-year-old um, at the moment, and yeah, I mean the 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 reason why we're doing all this is, is just so that we, whilst they're still young and 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 whilst they still whilst they still want to be with their parents and <laughs> go out with their parents, we want to. Um, that's that's our aim. Um, obviously, our aim is to try and get it such that my wife um, doesn't need to uh, work her full time job um, if she doesn't want to. I mean, she's very happy there at the moment. Um, so, 
but it, it's nice to have that option, right? And and um, so yeah, it's that's what's kind of important. And I think uh, moving forward, even even further, like in, into the future, it, it, it's almost like if you're happy once you've achieved your goal, then then what's your next goal? <laughs> what do you do then? Like, and I, and I think um, maybe philanthropy later, um, if 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 that becomes an option, um, is is uh, probably super long-term at the moment. His mum and uncle definitely gave him the first push to buy an investment property and it could have ended there if he chose to. The investment bug had bitten him hard though and he was keen to soak up as much information as he could. I remember attending um, various property, um, I guess they would be workshops, although they, they it was always presented, um, <laughs> there's always a, a, a money-making thing behind it, like as in, yeah, there were always the courses that you, you could sign up and and, and and that was to learn. I think that, that, that was just to learn about the whole um, adding value to, to a property uh, once you've purchased it to, to, to increase the returns. Um, another thing... Um, I found the online forums a really great place. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a member of Property Chat. Um, it's yeah, so it's it's a great place to kind of learn about property investment. And I remember one, this is this was a while ago as well. Where, when I was reading um, a book by I think it was Steve McKnight about pos, pos, cash flow positive properties or something like that. Um, and that was quite uh, interesting. Like I, I didn't I didn't realize that you could, <laughs> at the time that you could buy a property and it would pay you more than you could. You know, pay you pay you back more than what the loan could, uh, yeah, the interest you'd be charged on. And but but I think over the years I've learned it's 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 a case of usually those properties um, the, the potential for capital growth isn't as high as if you and and so I think it opened my eyes in that sort of respect. But I, I kind of went I went the other way, didn't I? I? I went and I bought a place in you know bought properties in Sydney, which was not great for cash flow, um, but had much higher potential growth. And I think that was probably the right decision i think i'm not sure i mean <laughs> i say that but then you know there are people out there with 100 properties who are you know making a ton of money so that probably that they probably made the right decision <laughs> i've always wondered how they you know it's it's very interesting how they do that like it's it's i think you make your money when you buy it you know like it, they they say you, you basically you you find a good deal um that works out fantastically and and it's time consuming to do actually, and that's what I meant earlier when I said I didn't really, I could have probably been a bit more picky, right, in in terms of choosing my properties where I really just jumped into it because time was of the essence, I guess, um, and and so, yeah, like I think those people who were able to accumulate large portfolios, they 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 bought really well, and and they must have had a lot of good connections and a lot of time and whatnot to kind of buy those properties, which fantastic returns and just kept rolling and even with Apple and everything they were they were not stopped in that uh, they were able to continue um servicing their loans and that's that's great like if you know that's i think that's like elite level property investing he understands that even the people with the largest property portfolios hit a ceiling at one point or another and has wisely diversified his assets as a result. At one stage, all our eggs were in one basket, so to speak, in that all, all our assets were in Sydney properties. Um, and then we diversified into the stock market with Tesla. So now all our eggs are in two baskets. <laughs> um, so it's it's a case of, yeah, um, I don't know what the future holds in terms of property investment for us. I don't know if we will accumulate more. I'm not sure. Um, that, that, that's certainly a possibility. Um, yeah, it's or, or or do we then uh, invest in uh, other companies? Because um, I've learned a fair bit in the last few years about um, uh, not 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 property investment, but like more on 
kind of the investing in in companies that have um, you know good growth potential, um, solid growth prospects that are you know, not super risky, I suppose. You know, um, so that that that's been um, a bit of a learning experience for me because uh, when I was younger, I was always told that the stock market was a gambling house. You know, and I and I don't believe that anymore. I think I think there are things you can do on the stock market that are kind of gambling, like short term trading is a little bit it's risky because the, because of the price fluctuations. You don't it's hard to predict, right? Whereas I think it's easier to predict um, long-term trends and where companies are well-positioned. And if you're willing to wait, and it's kind of like property investment, it's a long-term investment. If you're willing to, if you see like the potential and, and you see a path there and, you, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit easier to predict. I mean, yeah. Yeah, everything comes with risk, but it's, I think it's less risky. The Sydney property has done fantastic over the last 10 years because, you know, Sydney is a great place to live. Um, there's a lot of demand. People we get, you know, we have, population growth we have so yeah it's but you know if if all those things change it's it could go the other way (laughs) it's unlikely i think it's very unlikely for that to happen but yeah and 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 that's why we were i guess that's why we were happy at the time to put all our eggs in one basket because because of all all those things population growth fantastic place to live in infrastructure was growing if you met yourself say 10 years ago what would you have said to him start earlier in, in investing i think would would be the but I, I'm, I'm sure ten years, me ten years ago would not listen to that <laughs> advice. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, no, not important. But yeah, it's always a case of yeah, if I if I'd bought earlier, then geez, I would have picked up a lot of cheaper properties. Um, but there's a time and a place. I think I, I always kind of step back and think, yeah, it just wasn't ready at the time, and that's the case with a lot of people. And when you're young, you're not ready to think about that stuff hindsight it's always a good thing isn't it well i guess in the future you kind of already touched on it as well too you're, you're interested in in i guess looking at diversifying at the moment but what are you most excited i guess in your journey over the say the next five years i'm hoping we reach our goal of of um reaching complete financial independence where we can um not, not so that would look like say for example if my wife would choose to do so um um probably not working uh, a full-time job maybe and and she would probably spend a bit more time with the with our girls um that's that's something that would could possibly change in the next five years um i could probably i I think i still run my business um so my business has a has a has a um a philanthropic component to it where um every every sale we make we we donate a portion of our profits to a charity of the customer's choice um, I, I've always liked to tie find a business success with kind of social responsibility and kind of give back to the community. Uh, I think that's important, um, and I think you know this this is this is probably you know really like pie in the sky vision where if one day maybe the business can just be giving all profits to charity that that'll be fantastic. If I don't need that money um, for personal use, then why not? Um, it's it's yeah. It, then it comes down to how how much time I want to spend on the business, um, or if I want to you know, let you know, let someone else run the business, perhaps. If yeah, it's but um yeah, like if we, we if we can get there in five years' time, that'd be fantastic. If, if I could, you know, um, if if our investments ha- have reached a point where we can um, just have the business donate more to charity, that would be great. Um, or even be more picky on 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 so yeah. Maybe choosing some of the charities or 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 supporting more local causes. I didn't, yeah, that that'd be 
awesome. I mean, I, I don't know. If, yeah, that I think it's quite a lofty goal. Well, gee, you've achieved quite a lot. You know, your your property journey has been so inspiring. I, I've learned so much as well just from hearing your story. How much of it do you think has been, you know, your, your success due to skill, intelligence, hard work, and how much of it do you think has been due to luck? I think it's a bit of both. Um, I, I I think perseverance, um, being driven in in kind of what you what you want your future to be um, is 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 part of it. Um, so so putting in the hard yards um, is is important. Having the right strategy. But I also believe, yeah, I mean, we, we, we kind of got lucky in a way in that we, we started buying properties um, around the time where properties were going up. You know, we started in 2012. That's when it kind of started to lift off in, in Sydney um, and during that period. So I guess that, that part of it is, was luck. Um, you have to put yourself in the game, though. You can't just, you know, step back and not make um, decisions. And, that, and I think that's important that you need to make – you need to have actions, Um you, with your goals, you just little things. Even if it's doing a little thing, a little bit a day. If your workday is busy, just do a little bit of a day, um, a, a little bit each day to to reach that goal. Then that's that's important. Um, yeah, and, and we kind of got lucky too with that Tesla investment too. With you know how the company has done fantastically since two thousand and seventeen. Um, but once again, you you got to be in the game. You, you, you got to yeah. Um, so it, to answer that question, it's it's a bit of both. I think it's hard work. Um, you know, thinking of the right strategies, being focused and, and, and doing it and, and following that strategy. And then, yeah, luck luck is luck. Lucky. You don't know <laughs> if, yeah, if you, if you get it, that's great. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. Thank you to Chi Lam, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Do you find yourself stressed out not knowing how or where to find the best property deals or what the best strategy is to build a wealth generating portfolio? Well, Dragon Dominski can help you while you save time and money. With about two decades of experience as an investor and expert buyers agent, he finds positively geared properties with development potentials and secures and negotiates off-market deals for his clients. Now, he's offering you a no-obligation 45-minute strategy call to get you started. Just simply text the code BAA with your name and email address to 0405-105-074 to get your no-obligation free 45-minute strategy call. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 